0: Jesus to My Rescue offers powerful, motivational content for the whole family. Visit our website now at www.jesustomyrescue.com. Join our Christian community today.
1: On today's Focus on the Family, Pastor Craig Groeschel speaks to the hearts of men. We have to just do what's right and trust God with the results, and that's
2: hard for us to do because we want to control everything, and you know, ultimately, spiritually, if we can't lay the control down, then that's going to hinder our ability to surrender all the important things in our lives to Christ
1: as we need to. Now, that's the kind of spiritual encouragement you'll hear on our program today with our host, Focus President and author Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller, and joining us once again is Craig Groeschel. He's the senior pastor at LifeChurch.tv, a multi-campus church based in Edmond, Oklahoma. Jim recently spoke with Craig after a Catalyst conference here in Colorado, and they discussed the concepts in his book, Fight, Winning the Battles That Matter Most. Let's go ahead and rejoin that conversation now on today's Focus on the Family.
3: Craig, so many of, of his guys, I mean, I can remember growing up and you either running from the bully or you're trying to defend yourself, or maybe in some cases you became the bully for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. In your book Fight, you talk about that linkage. You talk about your own experience. What was your experience with the infamous bully?
2: Yeah, I was young. I think it was probably second grade or so, and there was a guy named Bo that was older than me and much bigger than me. And one day he said, um, Craig, are you gay? And you know this was back in the early '70s, and so I didn't know what gay meant back then. And I said, I said, I'll check back with you tomorrow. And I, I mean, I didn't know what to say, so I went home and I asked my mom, I said, "What's gay mean?" And my mom, you know, this is 1972 or She's three, trying to whatever. figure out how to manage. This. She said, "Well, gay means happy. Gay <laughs> means happy." And so I went back the next day, and and both like, Craiger, he grabbed me by the shirt, and he had his fist drawn back like he's gonna hit me. He said, "Are you gay?" And I said, I'm the gayest guy you've ever met. I'm happy, you know. <laughs> and, then, and and he hit me and knocked me to the ground. And, you know, I saw stars just like the cartoons. That stuff's oh, real, man. you know. And I cried and I ran all the way home and just was so humiliated. I was, you know, beaten up in front of my friends really in one punch.
3: Wow, it shows you the brutality that we can give each other.
2: Yeah. Well, my mom babied me. And the interesting thing is my dad came home and he was kind of raised on the streets, but he didn't really believe in fighting at mm-hmm. this point. But he said, "You have to stand up to this guy, and i didn 't want to, but he said, if you you know if you let someone push you around forever, then they 're always going to get the best of you and So he took me out in the garage and trained me in some kind of you know street moves to give me the confidence and He just said, You know next time you 're around this guy, just don 't let him hit you don 't let him take you like that and so the next day, I saw Bo again, and he kind of came up to me. And I went up to him with this confidence from my dad and just stood up to him and said, you can't do this anymore. And if you start it again, I'm going to finish it. And he kind of looked at me in this awkward, long pause moment, like, I'm a, I could be about to die or who knows what's going to happen.
3: He's the big guy.
2: He's the big guy. And at that moment, he kind of laughed. He said, oh, I didn't mean it anyway. And we ended up becoming friends. Uh, and so all that long story to say to guys... I'm not advocating you go out and pick a fight or throw punches, but there are times whenever someone may be pushing you, your spiritual enemy pushing you right now, and you need to say enough's enough. I'm not going to take this. And you stand up and say, I'm taking my kids back, or I'm going to overcome this addiction problem, or I'm going to confess to this sin. I'm going to go home and treat my wife. I'm actually going to spiritually or metaphorically, I'm throwing a punch. I'm ready to do it. I'm going to fight for what matters Mm -hmm. most.
3: Craig, let's talk about, I think, a major issue that men face, and that's anger. Mm-hmm. So many men, when they write in to focus on the family, it may have been the fact that they were abused as a child or they had a traumatic father, stepfather, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Men tend to turn toward anger to release mm-hmm. that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we put that in the right perspective? How do we deal with our anger? Well, I think you
2: know, it's interesting. We tend to assume that anger is always a sin, but actually I think when we study Scripture carefully – it's not necessarily a sin, but if it drives us to do the wrong thing, it can be a sin. But at the same time, an anger can be a righteous anger that moves us to do something that's helpful to someone else. And so if we have unrighteous anger, which I think a lot of guys do, and I talk in my book Fight about Samson, you know, the guy, he, he could light it up in no time with his anger, and that got him into a lot of trouble. As men, I think we really need to learn how to take and be honest and submit whatever those issues are before God, um, I mean, sometimes it can be uh, is you know, we need counseling or we need, you know, we need deeper help. We need to take issues and say, you know, a lot of men are really angry with their own fathers and there's you know, significant issues and hurt there. But as long as we're dealing with anger, I believe our spiritual growth is going to be stunted um, and we're not going to be able to move forward. It's, I mean, especially with men, this is an issue. Sometimes they're angry at God. Sometimes they're angry at themselves. Sometimes they're angry at other people. And so I do have a whole section in the book where I really try to talk to men about how do we, how do we unpack that in a way that brings healing and then take whatever anger maybe is righteous and it move us into doing something good to make a difference in someone else's
3: life. Can you give me some practical examples? And this may sound like a simplistic question, but I think it will help me and I think it will help others. When you look at anger um, – And you talk about righteous anger versus unrighteous anger. Mm -hmm. Define it for me or give me an example of that because I think we mix that up often. Mm -hmm. And I would think that when your anger comes out and it's aimed at a person and it's denigrating that person and it's bringing that person down, Mm -hmm. it may be with the veneer of righteousness because that person's a sinner, let's Mm -hmm. say, Mm -hmm. and you're angry at their behavior. Uh, Maybe it's a man who committed adultery. It could be any of the sins that are listed. To be angry at that person in that way, that's not godly anger, is it? No, and I I think you're absolutely right. Sometimes I think we might
2: have an unrighteous anger that we justify as righteous anger because it feels natural to be angry at uh, someone. I would really try to move when I'm angry at someone, I challenge myself to pray for them. And what happens is my prayer for them may or may not change them, but it always changes me. Hmm. And so when I really force myself to pray in, you know, we're supposed to pray for those who persecute us and hurt us and and our enemies and such. And so that really does a healing work in me. I also try not to react in the moment when I'm angry because I do sinful things oftentimes. If I can process through and work through being, going from being angry at someone to maybe being angry at something – the something is often where the righteous anger can come because there might be something where you just think, you know what, this is not right. I'm not gonna allow this injustice on my watch. As long as I have breath, maybe there's something I'm supposed to do about this. So I want my anger to move from, I'm really mad at that person to maybe I'm really more mad at the sin that's driving this or the root cause or the the thing in this world that's not right, not the way it should be. And let that motivate me to do something
3: to be more helpful. Mm. Craig, let's talk about the issue of pride. I mean, that's one, again, that's gripping everybody, Mm -hmm. certainly gripping the church as well. How does a man fight pride? Let's say you've accomplished some things. You're Mm -hmm. doing pretty good. You may have accomplished uh, those milestones that you wanted to accomplish in your life, your business, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And you're feeling pretty good about yourself. Mm -hmm. And that begins to open a door for you that you don't want to open necessarily, right?
2: Right. In the book, Fight, I talked about how Samson, when he... Killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. He's obviously. He's, would be a good day, this. wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, but the problem is he took credit for it. Yeah. And he said, I did this and look what I've done. And as men, we're so tempted to get our identity out of our accomplishments. And I believe that's when we enter into dangerous ground. I had a great, like people ask me, kind of like you did, how do you not get proud of what's going on? I had a really powerful moment in ministry. I had the fastest growing singles ministry anywhere but mine grew backwards. It was kind of like Gideon's story. I took it from a hundred people down to four in a matters of weeks. And it was successful. Wh- huh? Yeah, It was the wrong way. It was one was me, one was my wife and two people that had nothing to do. You know, they were there. And it was, I was just devastated because it's like, it was falling apart. And I went home and cried and prayed and like, I'm a failure. I'm nothing. Cause my identity was wrapped up in how many people came. And I, it's hard to, I'm not one of those guys that says God spoke to me, God all the time, because it's, You know, I don't hear audible voices of God, but I've really felt like I heard from God at that moment that to not blame myself for the declines or one day I'd take credit for the increases. And it was a really powerful moment for me to realize that, you know, I can't if I blame myself for that, then I will take credit for the victories Mm -hmm. later on. And as men, we have to be so careful not to own whatever successes we have, because everything we have is a gift from God. And that, you know, ultimately, when you read Samson's life, he's basically the perfect case study on what not to do. His pride of how he could handle it on his own. I mean, as guys, we have so much pride, we don't want to ask for directions. We'll drive for two hours, you know, lost because we don't want to ask for directions. And that it frustrates gets just, our wives. Oh, it does. But it's just, <laughs> it's just stupid. And we need to we need to humble ourselves in every way mm. or we will never be all God wants us to be.
3: Craig, in that area of pride, though, when you're trying to um, not blame yourself for the losses and not take credit for the gains, Mm -hmm. um, what that suggests to me is you're laying down control. Mm -hmm. How much of our lives as men rest in this area of control where we think somehow we own the outcome? Mm -hmm. But in reality, God has it. Yeah. And it's a better place to be than trying to control the outcome or try to own it, isn't
2: it, it? Yeah, it really is. And that speaks to me on so many different levels as a leader, as a parent. You know, we 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 can only control the inputs or what we do. God controls the outcome. And I like to teach men particularly, you know, God tells us what to do in Scripture. And a lot of times it goes against our nature that obedience is our part, outcome belongs to God. Mm. And that, you know, ultimately we have to do the right thing. And that could mean that you have to, you know, you're the boss and you have to have a hard conversation with an employee or maybe remove someone or have a tough conversation with a child. We have to just do what's right and trust God with the results. And that's hard for us to do because we want to control everything. And, you know, ultimately, spiritually, if we can't lay that down, the control down, then, That's going to hinder our ability to surrender all the important things in our lives to Christ as we need to. Mm.
3: When you're looking at a father of a teenager, for Mm -hmm. example, and that teenager, whether it be a boy or girl, you know they're rebelling a bit or Mm -hmm. something like that. That seems to be the area where dads really panic Mm because they want to control it because they don't want harm to come to that child. They know what that teenage daughter might face if she goes too rebellious. Um, how does a father cope with that? Oh, it's so
2: difficult because, you know, sometimes
3: you almost, if you save them from
2: consequences, then they don't learn the principle that sin destroys your life. And so as a father, you want to keep them from pain, but sometimes you have to almost let their sin catch up with them. And it's such a fine line and a balance between do I rescue them or do I actually let them face the consequences in I think sometimes it takes more courage to let them face the consequences of their own bad decisions, so they can learn from it, than always rescuing our children. And, and you know, culturally, we live in an environment where, you know, we often overprotect our kids from you know don't go out and walk across the street without your helmet and your pads on. You know, and so they get into the real world and they've never failed, they've never faced consequences, and ultimately, I think that's really hurting. Um, children that move into adults,
3: I know of a story where um, someone I know who runs an, a business actually they fired a thirty two year old young man because of performance issues the guy 's father called wow. and said, "How could you fire my son mm-hmm. and started pleading this thirty two year old man mm-hmm. pleading his case mm-hmm. that 's kind of what you 're saying that 's the kind of culture we 're in today where parents don 't stop parenting. Even if the, no, the- that's true. And, and, you know, adults don't see themselves as adults.
2: Uh, one article I read said that men don't see themselves as adults until often when they have their first child. Mm. And we know that couples are getting oftentimes having children later in life. And so you know you got guys that are 28, 29, 30 and don't feel like men. And, you know, we really need to help them understand. And you're 15. You can be a man of God right now. Yeah. Let's not put that off and wait until later on. And so, culturally, I think that's, that's almost a problem that delaying adulthood in our young adults is a problem that, as men, what we can do is we can really start handing responsibility over to our children sooner. Even if they fail. Even if they, well, they have to fail. Right. Yeah, they have to fail. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting. Back when we were kids, you actually had to win. You get a trophy. Remember those days? <laughs> I, now you just kids, show up, right? They don't keep yeah, score. Yeah. I did
3: the ultimate thing. I went to a flag football game and I came a little late and I went by the ref and I said, what's the score? And he looked at me and said, we don't keep score. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, you know, what? That's funny.
1: We're enjoying an engaging conversation between Jim Daly and our guest on Focus on the Family today, Pastor Craig Groeschel, as he encourages us to be men of God. His book is called Fight, Winning the Battles That Matter Most. Let's go ahead and continue now with the conversation on Focus on the Family.
3: Craig, it's hard uh, to talk about men and what uh, kind of pulls at us without mentioning pornography and sexual temptation. Mm -hmm. What is going on today in this culture where it is so prominent and many, many Christian men Uh, Seem to be grappling with it. What's Mm -hmm. going on? Well, you know, we're wired, we're
2: visual, and so um, it's so easy for us to be sucked into um, temptation. And, you know, studies show that boys are being exposed to pornography at a younger age um, every single year. The access we have through technology today, you know, it used to be when we were growing up, if you had to work really hard to find something inappropriate, now you carry a mobile device with you and everything you'd ever want to avoid is, you know, just a few clicks away. So, hmm. I mean, this is a really big issue in the church and men, and what I'm really trying to do is try to encourage guys, let's not see how close we can get to the line, but let's see how far we can stay away from the line. And, you know, I talk real openly with men and with the blessing of my wife and talk about the standards that I put in place for safety for me, all the way down from every computer I have access to, is monitored where i click and it all goes to two board members who have the ability to fire me i don't have um, an unfiltered browser on my mobile devices all my browsers are filtered just in case i block out certain ratings on television stations Um, and those are some defensive moves then some offensive moves would be i pray together with my wife every day i read um, from front to back in the bible Uh, every year I um, have date nights with Amy um, every single week and so as men if we don't plan an offense and a defense then chances are really good you're not going to survive on your Mm. own I've worked with a lot of guys that got sucked into this deeply and you know it takes time it takes accountability we have to learn to actually hate that sin because it's so destructive and we had one guy i worked with that was so deep into it now he helps other people get out and he said that's the thing that he really tries to do is to train them that this is not something luring and good and you know and not even something i want to be ashamed of as much as i loathe it i hate it with all my heart and i love the freedom you know any guy right now who's looked at something wrong is into something dangerous there's a weight and there's a heaviness on them right now when they try to open up to their wives or you know have any kind of intimacy it does not work as well this stuff is incredibly destructive and we just as men have to have the courage to talk about it openly to encourage one another with the safeguards that we need to put in place And I mean, you know, some need to have counseling and we need to have our minds renewed because this will destroy, you can destroy your whole life. Would you say this is the number one issue
3: as you look at the church? um I think
2: this is certainly for men, one of the top issues. I think, you know, ultimately it's a, even before this, it's a true surrender to Christ is where we need to start. And then I think this is at the top of the list of temptations that are taking men out all over the place. And, you know, what scares me even more is a generation of boys that are being raised on pornography and how it's changing their minds and how they view women and, and relationships. Um, you know, I think at the church we need to be on the offense all the time talking about this helping our children. And it's not that we're just like, don't look, don't look, don't look, but we're looking for is a state of purity in our hearts where our hearts are pure to the point where we don't want to engage in what's wrong. It's not that we're just trying to avoid it, but we're moving towards something that brings Mm. purity. And that's a beautiful thing. Man, it's, I mean, you wanna be a great man, save yourself for your wife. That's a real man. Even if you've messed up before, you know, I tell guys you can be a born again virgin if you can mm. be born again spiritually, you know maybe not physically that you can never take that away, but in your heart, you can be born again, and from this moment forward let god take you on a different path yeah
3: i like what you're saying there in terms of uh, don't simply say no 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 Mm -hmm. it's an analogy i've used you know when you're watching the super Bowl, although the last one wasn't that great but the commercials when they pop up Mm -hmm. i mean i've got two fairly young boys in my house my sons you know and you grab the clicker and you mute it and you say hey we don't watch that or listen to that in this house and a lot of people stop there and then the child is going okay but why? Mm-hmm. And you need to coach. You need to mentor. You need to tell them more. God has a design for our sexuality. It's not to watch women scantily clothe women right. on this tube right here. Yeah, we have
2: to paint a picture yeah. of what is beautiful and what is right. And you know, that is you know, imagine on your honeymoon night doing something incredibly spiritual, which is you know, taking what, the gift that God gave you and uniting. I mean, this is a powerful, beautiful picture of God's union, the two becoming one flesh and that's something worth waiting for and people say that oh man it's so old school and that's impossible and you know before I was a christian i was sinful in that way but from the time i accepted christ my wife and i when we were engaged we didn't engage in mm-hmm. um, the act of love making yep. and i'm tell that's a story no one can take away from us right and you know neither one of us were perfect on the front end but in our relationship together that's we can tell our kids and it's a gift. you know. I know that we didn't compromise before in that way, and so it builds trust that we won't compromise later. Had mm-hmm. we both compromised in the back of our minds, we might think I married a compromiser. Right. And so it's sexual purity is possible. It takes a lot of work. Our spiritual enemy is sly and is going to try to throw us off, but it, it's a battle that men must fight and we must win. And with the help of Christ, we can win. Mm.
3: Uh, talk for a moment about the difference between repentance and remorse. Mm-hmm. You make a distinction in fight. Uh, help us understand what right. you're saying. Yeah, that's
2: so important. If sometimes like a guy will get caught doing something wrong and there's a sense of remorse, like I'm, I'm mad I got caught. It's your fault. This isn't right. You know, I'm sorry I got caught. But repentance is actually turning away from what you did wrong and turning back toward God. In fact, even the word repent, a powerful word re means to turn back to pent, like the penthouse is the highest thing. And so remorse is I'm upset I got caught. Repentance is I'm turning back toward that which is higher. I'm turning toward God. And mm-hmm. so I really, you know, especially in betrayals and marriages or um, sexual issues with men, we really try to push them toward a, a deep repentance. Um, and in that is the confession that we talked about. We're confessing to God for forgiveness, and then there's an open confession to other people for healing. And I think one of the challenges with men, a lot of times, guys will confess a part of what we did, right? But not all of it, and we'll keep some of it back. And so, you know, we have we call it a hundred percenter, which is I'm confessing a hundred percent of what I did, not ninety seven percent. But often the difference between freedom may be the last three percent. Is it fear? Clean. Is it
3: fear that what keeps a man from going well, all I think the it way? Is. I think it's
2: fear of what people are going to think. It's a fear of, you know, can I, will they ever like me again, respect mm. me again? Um, but the reality is that they'll respect someone who tells the truth more than someone who's hiding behind lies. As
3: we wrap up, um, I think it'd be good if I could ask you to pray Mm -hmm. for us men, all of us in that way, because I think the Lord's at work in our hearts. I think there's some good things happening, certainly the work at your church and many, many other churches around the country. I think there's an awakening about what a man is about and what his role is and uh,
2: i absolutely agree i believe so much in what's going on in men's hearts right
3: now i see it all over the place there's
2: there's a humility there's a passion there's a there's a brokenness and i believe there's also a righteous calling for men to stand up and stand together and and so i'm incredibly optimistic and i'd be really honored to pray let's do it let's pray yeah god thank you so much for this time with jim and thank you for all the men and women that are listening right now. I thank you for every single one of them. And I pray, especially for the men, God, right now. I know there are so many different situations and hurts and challenges and opportunities. And God, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you administer to every single person listening. Yeah. For one that may feel discouraged, God, I pray that the resurrection power of your son, Jesus, would touch their heart, encourage them. God, for those that maybe have messed up, Just as the hair on Samson's head begin to grow again, God, I pray that they would sense your grace, that you're good, you're a forgiving God. God, for those who may be struggling in their marriage, I pray that you would give them the ability to lay down their life, to serve their wife. Even if their wife is resisting or even running the other way, God, that you would give them an unconditional love. And as they pour this love out to their bride, God, I pray that you would heal their marriage, touch their hearts, and bring healing. God, I pray for every man that you would stir up within them a righteous desire to fight for what matters most, not to be a bully or to be an arrogant jerk, but to be a Mm -hmm. a surrendered servant, standing up for what is right and what is true and what is honorable for your name's sake. God, bless and empower men not just to be great men, but to be great men of God. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
3: That was wonderful. Thank you. Craig Groeschel, the author of the book, Fight, Winning the
1: Battles That Matter Most. Thanks for being Thanks with us. Thanks so this. much, Jim. It was an honor. What a good message these past couple of days on Focus on the Family from Pastor Craig Groeschel. And it's been our privilege to catch up with him for this important discussion about men and spiritual growth. Our program was provided by Focus on the Family. And on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team here, thanks for listening in. I'm John Fuller.
0: I love that prayer that God would stir up within every man a righteous desire to fight for what matters most. I think this program has reminded us that while we may stumble and face weaknesses, we are not defined by our failures. Instead we have an incredible opportunity to rise above our shortcomings and find freedom in standing for what is right. But remember the journey towards righteousness is ongoing and it requires perseverance, so let's support one another, encouraging and uplifting our fellow men as we navigate the challenges that come our way. I also recommend getting a copy of Craig's book, Fight, which will help you uncover who you really are, a powerful man with the heart of a warrior. You can get your copy when you call us on 031-716-3300 or through our website at safamily.co.za. And if you're struggling with anger or fear or issues from your past and you could use outside help, seek counsel. It's a sign of strength to admit that you could use help. At Focus, we have trained counselors who can help. It might be an email or a phone call or maybe a prayer request or to have someone pray with you. Or maybe you'd like to set up a counseling session, online or in person. You can do all that through our website at safamily.co.za or you can call us on 031-716-3300. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Graham Schnell, inviting you back next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.